Hey guys, welcome to Digital Soup, a hilariously geeky podcast bringing you the best geeky conversations each and every week. Jason, let's get to it. All right, welcome back to Digital Soup, a hilariously geeky podcast covering the world of tech, music, movies, and more. Yeah. My name's Jason, and joining me in the virtual studio today is Adam, and usually Dave. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. You can't can even. <laughs> it's good. You can even. Trust I me. can. I can. I'm trying to get if it If you together. try, you can. Do we do <laughs> I'm going to sound like no the only try. doofus. <laughs> That's nothing All right, new. what's the first story we got here, Adam? Well, today we're going to talk about Arsenal. Is this awesome tech? Or is this a cheater's way? This is a little device that it's on Kickstarter. And it's, uh, you know, it uses AI to help you do everything you need to make perfect photos every time. But is this a good thing? Man. <laughs> How long am I going to talk like this? <laughs> yeah, so this is uh, pretty amazing, actually. Um, right. <laughs> 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 so this developer created this, this photographer guy created... Um, this artificial intelligence-based device and software that can actually plug into your DSLR. There's an app for your phone, and it can actually do all kinds of stuff to control your what? phone. It, it'll actually... What? Plugs into what? <laughs> your phone? Uh, did I say... It plugs into your one-school farmhouse, baby. <laughs> yeah. No, it plugs into your Dissler. <laughs> yeah, your Dissler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that from now on. Thanks. Dissler. <laughs> <laughs> Got me a Nikon Dissler. Yeah, I got me a Canon T3i Dissler. <laughs> so the Arsenal, this device will connect to most cameras. It mounts in the hot shoe, which is that that port on the top where normally you'd plug in um, like a flash or something like that. And their smart assistant AI can control any kind of setting in the camera to take a shot. Mm -hmm. And it will actually go out, uh, you know, the app will go out to the internet. It'll scan, you can scan images and try to find. So basically you can have this thing do settings and get a shot that you think that you want. Um, or so if you, you could choose a, a, a picture off the internet, you know, that this thing pulls down and you can actually get this to match close to the, how that picture looks like those kind of settings. And so it automates a lot of the things that normally photographers, photographers do manually, you know, every, your ISO settings, your aperture, your shutter speed, um, the whole nine yards. And you don't even have to touch your camera, your camera, your Dizzler. You just have to uh, <laughs> use your phone. And there's also these other features in there like, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, Time-lapse photography stuff with your DSLR. Yep. And image stacking automatically and uh, super long exposed shots. It's just, it's actually a pretty incredible device and piece of software. Mm -hmm. um, now, what Dave and I were talking about, off, you know, before we had the show uh, was, or before we started the show, was whether or not this is kind of cheating if you consider how how much goes into getting a good shot, you know, mm -hmm. as a photographer. Because, um, you know, of course it takes a photographer's eye to get the composition and everything, but then you sit back and you just open your phone and flip through and go, I want it to look like this. And then you hit a button and then you get that shot. You know, mm -hmm. that's like, that's kind of the, 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 the part of that goes, is this 
Are you a legitimate photographer? Are you going to have a wedding photographer with one of these? It's just like, okay, we'll go out to the internet, look for a picture that looks really good. Yeah, we'll make the camera do these settings and then click. Right. So I've talked enough. Well, here's yeah. my thought on here because I'm, I'm, I'm taking a look at this website here. And uh, this it's a Kickstarter page. And it says that a uh, little over two and a half million has been raised on Kickstarter uh, with uh, 14 and a quarter million not raised yet. So they're trying to get $17 million no, to no, create no. this device. No, no, you're reading that wrong. Two point, basically two. Actually, if you look oh, at their most recent raised. ads, okay. yeah, if you look at their most recent ads that pop up, it's at, they've actually raised over $3.1 million now on Kickstarter with a total of probably 14 and a half to 15 million total that has been raised. People are buying this thing like crazy because right now the early- well, Does this exist or is this just- uh, Oh yeah, the... it's shipping in January here. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's amazing. So the Kickstarter price initially was 150 bucks sold out. Right now they, they developed 66,000 of these. They've got about 400 of them left at 175 bucks a piece. Retail price on sale, uh, by March 2019 is going to be 250 bucks. Actually, looks like they're going to be shipping February 2019. Estimated. Now, delivery. are these different versions of it? Nope, it's all one device. Works with any camera. Okay, and so it was 150 dollars, uh, but we've sold out of the 150. But you can still buy 175 or 250. Well, it's the same item, but you no, can pay a lot more now because we're not selling it for 150. Yeah, anymore. no. What they're saying is they launched it on Kickstarter, hoping to raise whatever they initially were hoping to raise. <laughs> And they said, if you buy it now, back it on Kickstarter, which is very common with stuff. If you back it on Kickstarter initially and help get it funded, you'll get it a little cheaper. And that funded right away. So then a they little, got, that's $100 less. Well, from the final retail price, what that's <laughs> yeah. going to be. Yeah. And then what they said is, okay, we've, we've got enough money. Kickstarter was so successful. It's actually, I believe, one of the most successful, if not the most successful Kickstarter to date. Okay. My question is, how many did you say they've sold so far? I don't know exactly. Oh, you, I thought you told me a number of how many they've actually sold. Well, they the pre-order after the Kickstarter initial phase went, then mm -hmm. they had a pre-order going, which I'm not sure how long it's been going, but um, they had a run, it says, of 66,000 of these, and they only have about 400 left, 409 as of this second on the on their website. Okay. And um, so they've sold 66,000 plus whatever the initial Kickstarter was. And if you want to get in on the pre-order price, which is 30% off, that's 175 bucks. Or if you want to wait until it hits the shelves and people test it and review it fully, all the stuff, you're going to pay full retail price at 250 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what this thing does is it's going to use AI and basically try and give you the perfect image every single time, you know, cleanest, sharpest, whatever you're trying to achieve, long exposures. It's even making claims that, you know, you're not going to have to use any complicated neutral density filter setups anymore if you want oh, those Oh, but I nice... love my complicated neutral density. Well, I'll be uh, honest. I Dislers. probably would use, that, would use that system over, <laughs> you know, to get the authentic results I want. But if you've seen photos where it's like daytime and you've got a waterfall that the water is just silky smooth, they're using yeah. filters on the front of their lens to block daylight so you can shoot at really slow shutter speeds. What this is going to do is, you know, one of the features of it is it's going to basically stack a whole bunch of multiple exposures, not different exposures, but multiple photos in a series. 
Just and, one and person or multiple people? Multiple. It stitches them all together and it gives the impression of a long exposure. Hmm. Okay. So it's doing all this really cool stuff. The tech fan in me really wants to get my hands on one of these and play with it because I think it yeah. could be kind of cool. Well, well that's why I said this thing is that's why I said this thing is actually amazing. If you look at everything that it can do, oh man, that's really awesome. Does yeah, it really I, do it though? Is has well, anybody actually reviewed this? According to the video. They've got uh, videos showing and Propaganda. The, see, the thing is propaganda. that the techniques they're using to do this are solid. Um, you can absolutely do like a fake long exposure by just shooting an entire series of photos with the same exposure locked in and just shoot them rapid fire, boom, 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 when you've got clouds moving in the sky or water moving. And then you mm -hmm. can take that into Photoshop and you can do some blending and layering and make it appear as if it's all one exposure with that water moving around and everything else. It's kind of a hassle and kind of putsy to do. This thing is claiming to be able to do it right in the device. I mean, this thing is yeah. fairly powerful for what it is. I mean, it's running off some sort of ARM processor, Bluetooth Wi-Fi enabled, 100-foot wireless range. It's a little computer that's, that's sitting on top of your camera. Now, the problem I have with it, we were talking about this in a, a group of photographers that I'm in. Photographers? And photographers ah, okay or photographers my question to you though uh real fast here dave before you get into you and your buddies yep is um this is a tech podcast here so i need to know that arm processor how many cores in uh what's its clock speed i that i don't know it's not listed right on the front page of their website i'm sure it's some digging into their free the one thing questions. i'd be really interested in in this whole story and you don't have the info for me. Well, I, I can look for you. But what I can tell you <laughs> is that the downside to this as a photographer, mm -hmm. and one of one of the guys in this, this group chat that I'm in with a handful of other photographers kind of summed it up best, and he made a fake ad saying, Arsenal, turning your priceless art into public domain crap since 2019. And what he, <laughs> he was pretty harsh on it. Yeah. Let me just say, a lot of photographers looking at this are kind of in the same camp, I think, as Adam and I, where it's like, ah, tech-wise, this is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's got some long-term implications that you kind of worry about because if you scroll through Instagram right now, you already see things like this happening where there's a trend. You see a certain style of photo, a certain look, where it's like, all right, here's this big, beautiful waterfall, the super well, flowy water, you got a girl in an orange-yellow jacket in front of it posing, you know, whatever. It's taking the humanity out a little bit. It is. So let me, let me put it this way. So this is photography. Let's take yep. another art form. Let's take music. Yep. If I find an artificial intelligence, um, let, let's say I'm a solo musician. Yep. And I want to just have a backing band, an electronic backing band, and I find artificial intelligence that can play bass, mm -hmm. and it does a phenomenal job. That's awesome for me. I applaud right. that. As a bass player, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna press play and go. I'm a bass player, you right? Know, because I can operate this thing exactly. So this is even though people are gonna be able to take extremely stunning pictures, they're not gonna know how they got that shot other other than you know if they no. don't study it, it's gonna be it's just kind of and that's what I'm getting at where it's what a weird balance and I, and yeah. I feel really torn about it because number one that's amazing and awesome. You can get right. some incredible shots that you might not have ever known your camera could do. Right. And really easily, but at the same time, you didn't. It's not you taking the picture. It's an artificial intelligence robot, right? Basically. Well, in the other, the other part about all of this is because it's running off AI. You know what you're saying about getting some beautiful images. 
where I'm coming from is yes, you're you, like you said exactly. You're not going to understand. You're not able to recreate that unless you let the computer do it for you. But if it's just reading what's popular on the internet and mm-hmm. deciding like, okay, that's what we want your image to look like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not going to take long until literally everybody's images look exactly the same because I just dialed in setting 34 on my arsenal. Um, operator, whatever you want to call it, and it gave me that look. You know, it's the Pacific Northwest Instagram look. It's it's perfect. I dialed it in. It's super easy, ready to go. Boom. Yep. And everything starts looking the same, and it it takes the actual art aspect out of photography, out of music, if this were a music tool, you know, whatever it might be. It's no different than having AI writing scripts for you. Sure, you can develop it to do it, but they're all the same. Right. Now, this is kind of dear to our hearts because you're you're a photographer. I'm trying to be one right and i enjoy now, photos. i'm gonna i'm gonna approach this with the devil's <laughs> ad, i'm gonna uh, approach this from the devil's advocate standpoint which is who <laughs> who out there ever <laughs> sorry <laughs> nice reference very obscure but good yes, job i get it the uh who who says this technology is taking away all this stuff can can a modern dslr photographer operate an olden olden days camera where that was the real deal. You Probably. mean like the powder flash, but like maybe my, not the maybe not quite the same. Like yeah, my like, medium format film camera. I've been yeah, shooting. Like you can fully operate that, right? Yep. But I mean, it's still there's an advance in technology, and we can do more. You know, so that's the kind of the other the other side of this thing. Of wow, there is yeah. But I think a tool like this isn't necessarily quite the same as going from the analog film setting, you know, set up like that with no mm-hmm. light meters or anything else to modern digital cameras where, yeah, these modern digital cameras are little computers in your hand. They're amazing. Yep. But even though you can stick that that camera in automatic mode and you can get decent yeah. photos, it's hit or miss on if the camera is going to decide to read things the same way that you're seeing it or you're envisioning it. So you always have to take the time to learn and practice and put in the effort to learn your compositions and all of that. Yep. And to learn your settings to say, well, the camera is reading, you know, winter is a perfect time, a perfect example of this, you know, here in Minnesota. You go out with a modern digital camera, it's going to, you know, go out on a nice sunny day. It's going to look at that scene. It's going to see snow all over the ground. And it's going to it's going to basically try and neutralize everything to an 18% gray, a neutral gray. Which what that means is your snow is going to look kind of dirty and muddy, kind of gray, Mm-hmm. Um, your highlights aren't there. It's trying to average that scene for you if you're in automatic. And it requires you as a photographer to understand, okay, when the camera reads this, it's going to read it a little bit underexposed. So I need to actually jump that by a, a half a stop or two thirds of a stop to bring back actual white snow and to expose right. for shadows and high, you know whatever the thing may be. And that's the part where something like this, sure, the AI might let you pick things so you can say, oh yeah, I like the way I want this exposure to look. But it's it's learning that based on what's being fed into it, which from everything right. I've seen. So is the in other internet. words, it's yeah, it's it's copycat a little bit. Yeah. Now one of the now this there's another feature in here though with that AI. Mm-hmm. You know, it it gives you that initial setting stuff, but then it still lets you tweak any of the actual settings manually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So there is still some capabilities in here, and maybe for mm-hmm. for those of us you know that don't want to dive that deep, yeah, but want to get started and then make some tweaks. It could be um, obviously it's going to be. A pretty phenomenal tool, right? But I think it just turns into the argument of, you know, you could have <laughs> a pro level photographer, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you've got John Q. Public for off the street that basically grabbed his phone, grabbed his DSLR that he got at yep. yeah, Target, Dissler. 
Disler, <laughs> and then he goes and takes a picture of something similar, yep. and here it used the professional photographer's shot as reference. Yep. Automatically got everything, and he's got a shot almost as good as the guy that's put in twenty years. Right. You know, so that it's I, I'm I'm on both. I'm keep flip flopping back yep. and forth between wow, this could be incredible, but it also could be. You know, well, you worry about the long-term ramifications of it on on photography in general, and, and what it means for photographers. Because if you get to that point where, you know, in, in essence, it there's no actual thought needed to produce the quality photos that are selling or whatever else, well, you might just eliminate the whole art and craft of photography ten years from now, whatever it is. You look at like the stock photo um, industry used to be a huge industry. You know, lots of money was made in that department. And then you get places now, modern places like Unsplash, which we're familiar with, and mm. they're giving everything away for free, which is great on one hand, and you understand why they're doing it and everything else. But what's happened is that because of sites like that and other sites, no businesses, even though they've got budgets, why would they pay for anything if they can just get it for free? Right, and so you right. run into that. Now, for me, I'm looking at this arsenal and there's a couple features I think you know wouldn't necessarily be cheating. I think it would be kind of like using presets in Lightroom. A little bit, yeah. You know, in the sense where like your time lapse features, the focus stacking uh, features would be fantastic because you can definitely do that manually and definitely stack it and layer it and do all your masking and everything in Photoshop. It's very time consuming. And if you can get something like this, that'll shoot those raw images, stack it, and then save mm -hmm. it all right there with a, a completely stacked shot that's sharp from front to back. That's pretty amazing. You know, things like that, the, the HDR stuff, you know, exposure blending. I'm not a fan of the annoying comic book looking, you know, like super yeah. saturated HDR, but I do use a lot of exposure blending when it comes to like my real estate photos. When you're trying to balance a dim interior with the bright windows and light from outside, I don't do it in the garish colors of, you know, super saturated, everything like that, but it's done just to bring natural color, but lets you see more like what your eye is seeing. A lot of those kinds of things, if it can do it all in one shot and, and eliminate a lot of that post-processing time, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But can I just interject here real fast? Yeah. You guys are looking at this at a completely different angle than probably the majority of the people that... Yes. Take photographs out there. They're not professionals. They're not doing yep. this for the money. This is perfect for the soccer mom who just wants to grab the absolute best picture she could of her kids in action, but doesn't have the know-how to do all the things that a professional does. Mm. Now she's going to be able to actually get great pictures easily. Maybe. I kind of I want to angle off that a little bit and say it's this is for people that don't care whether or not they are being a photographer. Right. I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. That's a generalization. I'm probably going to get hate mail for. I mean, if you're going to use this and like, use, if you're going to use this in the AI function and then go out, you're, you're not going to go and be like, I'm, a, I'm. Well, some people will. I'm a photographer. I'm going to oh, start my own business. It will you're absolutely not, happen. Yeah, I mean, it's going to happen. But I mean, if a, a photographer like yourself, obviously, and the other photographers in your group have this kind of reaction, the same kind of that I'm thinking of. You know what? And almost it's because. 
I've put a lot of time into learning even up to where I am and I, I'm still not that great. And now here comes something that somebody can buy for 150 bucks to take better pictures than me. Yeah, Jason <laughs> just goes I mean? and buys a Distler yep, and he's exactly. beating at him. <laughs> Jason plus this and a Distler, we're done for. I'm gonna <laughs> throw my towel well, in. The, the other thing is on this site, I don't know about you guys, but I have not seen any examples of this shooting portrait work. Anything with people in it. And so that's I a just question see leaves. mark. You know, it does seem geared towards the landscape photographers and, and those kinds of things, which I'm sure it'll do stuff with portraits. But you got to think, too, portraits bring a unique variable to an image where yeah. even though you can have similarities in tone and mood and, and poses and whatever, but it's got to try and read people differently than it does a scene. And so that I haven't seen anything on. I don't know how it'll work in that case. But the other thought behind it, you know, kind of the, the glass half full side of things Mm -hmm. is that if this does, you know, make a huge splash and we start seeing technology like this take over the photography world, what it could do is also serve as another way to separate those that actually know how to create good work and those that are just, you know, doing it with a gadget, you know, that, that don't really know what they're doing. It's not to sound disparaging or, or disrespectful to them, but... Oh, it is very, You know, right yes, now... That's the, how I took it. Wow, dude. <laughs> well, I am right now, if you talk to a lot of professional photographers, one of the frustrations you hear oftentimes... I do that normally, I do. Well, I, I, I mean, I do, and I know I'm unusual <laughs> know in that do. respect, but there's a lot of people that will choose to look at it and say, well, everyone has a camera now. It's, it's too hard to stand out. You can't make a living in photography, yada, yada, yada. Then there's the other side that say, well, yeah, everyone has access to a camera, everyone's shooting, but not everyone has taken the time to learn the craft and understand light and this and that and the other thing. And it's kind of the the idea of, you know what, the, you know, the the cream will rise to the top. And if you want to stand out, you may Did have you to step up your game. you know that I never eat a pig because a pig is a cop? Um, no. A better yet a Terminator like Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Random rap battles. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, understood I mean, that reference. Yeah, it's it's one of those things though where it, it could be one of those things that actually is a good thing because it'll it'll help mark a clear distinction in some ways for the professionals out there that earn a living from this, as to say, yeah, look, you can have a, a robot take your picture to look good or it'll look fine, just like everyone I else am is. Here to take your picture. Yeah, I mean, in, think Don't of it in move. terms of you know, do you want your photos to look just like everyone else's, which is what Stay this is going to give you. Or do you want something that, you know, will be personalized? Someone that's Why was I programmed time. to feel pain? <laughs> <laughs> something that's that. gonna someone that's gonna take time to to learn and, and shoot a, a more personal experience to you, you know what I mean? So it could mm. serve as a way to kind of help make professional photography really again. professional again. Yeah. Well <laughs> let me bring up something real fast. You know, let's just, you know, put aside this whole uh, discussion on you know, if it's good or bad for, mm -hmm. you know, uh, photography here. Uh, take a look at the technology. Right now it is an add-on, and you can, you know, add it on to, you know, whatever camera you yep. have. How long do you think it'll be? If this does take off before, like, a Nikon or a Fuji or whatever purchases this technology and actually just implements it right into their cameras? I, I don't know, because I think a lot of cameras now have a lot uh, not all of these but a lot of these features built into the cameras they're just a little more clunky to use 
And like I can shoot time lapse with my camera, and I, it's got an inter, uh, intervalometer in it where I can set up and do the math and say, okay, I want to make a you time lapse math. video that's two minutes long, which means I'm going to have it take one photo every ten minutes, and I'm going to I need to let it run for X amount of hours, and it'll do that. And you just snap the photos, and then you bring it into Photoshop or another program and edit it and put it all together. Um, there is bracketing tools that will let you shoot. That's how I shoot my real estate. I shoot brackets where it's it's exposing for the highlights, the midtones, and the shadows, and then I stack those together to get a nice natural looking image. Um, a lot of these tools are there, but I don't know if if you know what you sacrifice adding that much into the camera is something else will have to be sacrificed. And and will they be willing to sacrifice you know say the video functions? to pack something extra like this thing in there, an extra processor. I actually, I've never understood video functions in a professional camera. I mean, well, how many people actually use that feature? Tons. Really? Yep. yep. Why wouldn't you just buy a video camera? It probably is better. Uh, unless you start spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to get professional video camera rigs. Well, yeah, I might. You know, if you're really into it, <laughs> shooting shooting movies. I'm going to go get one right now. You know, yeah. you're you're someone, you know, like uh, Zack Snyder or, you know, whoever else. Even those guys are shooting some scenes. Star Wars had scenes shot on DSLRs. And the main reason why is that these... these Dissler. These, <laughs> these DSLR cameras and uh, the video functionalities in them are getting so good they won't fully replace a full-on actual cinema camera, but they will blow the pants off of any kind of Sony Handycam you're going to grab at Walmart. You know what I mean? The video cameras that most people think of, like I use a GoPro. You got a problem with that, buddy? Well, if if all you want is super wide-angle footage, none at all. Ooh, I'm recording Hardcore Henry two with my GoPro. Well, knock yourself out. Have fun. Oh, no, man. I'm going to knock other people out. That's the whole point of the movie. <laughs> that's, that's Mama the said knock you out. <laughs> but I mean, that that's the thing. It, it's functions. I don't know that they're going to be willing to toss away, you know, some sort of function in the camera or, or you know, make sacrifices in one area to add something like this in there even further. Um, you know, it's possible. I, I won't say never, but regardless of where the tech ends up i still even though i have my you know major reservations against it as far as long term and is it cheating kind of like adam said and in everything else i i still am really tempted right now to send them 175 bucks and get one of these things in the mail yeah i mean for everything we've said it's actually really cool yeah i mean there's just some of the features on it i i could care less about the ai telling me what image is going to look best because i know my way around my camera you know and i'm not perfect Ooh. i still am learning every day oh this guy over here is not perfect no not at all <laughs> I, i'm still very much learning and, and always pushing myself <laughs> to learn more but there are some of the features where some of the stuff could be incredibly cool to play with from, you know, like I said, the geeky yeah. gadget side. Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like, oh, man. Incredible. Do you think they're going to make a version of this, though, for the Ring doorbell camera? I hope so. Why would we change topics? Be- then you could get the absolute <laughs> best pictures of those uh, porch pirates. That, that phrase cracks me up every time. I don't know why. I was actually shocked to see this article. Yeah. That- I just did a segue, dude. I know. And I'm now I'm commenting on it. Oh, I thought you were still talking about the arsenal. <laughs> Wow. 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 Somebody jumps to conclusions. <laughs> hey, I was thinking about making a game called that. <laughs> it's called the jump to conclusions, Matt. So the Amazon-owned Ring apparently yeah. spying on customer camera feeds? What? I, I hadn't seen this. All you need is the uh, owner's email address, and you can do it. Mm. Sweet. So 
according to uh, Adam, did you just say sweet? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was being sarcastic. You, you creepy spying mm. lunatic. What? Uh, I'm no, just when you're spying on the outside, <laughs> I'm it's just not kidding. creepy. <laughs> I'm spying on the outside. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical about this, and I'll tell you why. Because in this article, it refers to this report. The Intercept disclosed that a Ring research and development team in Ukraine could access a folder containing every video created by every Ring camera around the world. Is that that's a, meaning that every Ring video created around the world is stored in one folder in some that's central location? Just what I'm wondering, because there is such a large amount of hey, data. Are you saying that all around the world Ring's recording for me? Who knows how, how long it this really is? Show goes. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about, about 300 more episodes. No, we don't. We're great. Um, <laughs> but this would, this would be, uh, this would be really bad for ring. Cause it's a very, yeah. very popular device. So if, uh, if someone's watching every video, you know, has access to every video created, that means it is continually up is ring cloud-based. I'm assuming. I think so. Anyway, you, so it, it has to be because you're able to, if you're at your job or whatever, you can remotely look on your smartphone and, and see who's at your door. If yeah, but I that's remember, not cloud-based. That's like live streaming could stuff be, coming over to you. But if I remember... Oh, whatever. If I remember <laughs> right from way back when you guys, were, you had your your uh, friend on who's in the security business, Yeah, it seems to me that I remember him saying things like ring and... security business. Well, you could have just stopped at friend, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kidding, Boom. kidding, Boom. kidding. No, but it seems to me I remember him saying that the Ring Ring does have some sort of, sort of cloud-based feature just because you would purchase basically different levels of the plan to say how, you know, do you want to store one day, three days, you know, a month of footage, whatever it is. Sure. And so to do that, they have to store it somewhere. True so that. I'm guessing it's cloud-based. but now Probably. Does, the, does it only start recording when you press the uh, doorbell or is it like a motion sensor? I have no idea how it works. Not sure. I would think because motion if it's a, sensor. If it's a motion sensor, there might be a lot of videos of squirrels. Maybe. <laughs> what? Squirrel. Someone say squirrel. What? Yeah. Squirrel. Yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah, well, I, the funny thing is I haven't. I know, Jason, you put the story in here. Yes, I did because I thought uh, Adam would like it because he's into securities. Right. He, he's in <laughs> I'm liking security? that securities. <laughs> Well, but it's <laughs> I, I hadn't seen anything else major on it headline wise, though. You know what I mean? So it could be. Are they just something they're investigating at this point, or? Yeah, I'm not sure. The Intercept. What what kind of kind of paper is that one? I'm not sure. I, I don't know, Jason. It's your article. Fill us in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill well, basically, what I'm saying yeah, is the, the Ring uh, research and development team in the Ukraine could access a folder containing every video created by every Ring camera Here's around the world. This guy. Yep. Additionally, if uh, that wasn't bad enough, these employees could also access a corresponding database that linked each specific video file to corresponding specific Ring customers. Ooh. So if they're going through these videos and they see this same, you know, because you're, you're, if it's motion censored, it's going to get the homeowners coming home at some point yeah yes so maybe you know people are well, using this yeah. oh there's this hot woman lives here let's find let's go to her house and see we can track yeah, her down regardless you're still they're still accessing basic video from somebody's private property right i think you've got two distinct problems here one being exactly what you said the privacy security breach of someone else accessing your information 
Two being whatever the contents of those videos happen to be. And stop using up all my internet. <laughs> well, so there's an update on the article from The Intercept um, from today. It says, after initial publication, Ring spokesperson Yassi Shamiri told The Intercept that, and I quote, Ring employees never have and never did provide employees with access to live streams of their Ring devices. A claim contradicted by multiple sources. Mm. So we don't know. They're saying that they... They've never had this access. Well, the, the a, whole thing, the whole thing here, the article you know, previously, what the article was saying is, it's not that the ring company themselves are going through and taking a look at all these videos. They're saying that uh, the security is not tight because uh, they've made it to where from your smart device or from a remote computer using your email address, you're able to log in and take a look at your feed. Well, if somebody gets your uh, email address and then however breaks your password, be it, you know, however they do it nowadays, I'm sure they have software to do it, they're able to access it. That is the only security is a password and your email address. Mm -hmm. So that is, I think, uh, the main issue. I don't well, think it's that, uh, oh, Ring is spying on us. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think Ring is, no. Well, we live in a world with, and, and there's predictions out there on future technology stuff of how many more devices are going to be that are internet connected. Mm -hmm. The internet of Everything. things, you go into My Best toilet. Buy, you go into Best Buy, you go into Menards, even you will find internet connected appliances. Of course, that's been for a while. But now even large screen TV built into a refrigerator vertically. Oh, so better yet. Recipes and stuff. There's a camera on there. There's everything is connected and people aren't taking the necessary steps to either secure this stuff at the application level or to even secure it when they buy the thing. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's we've got so much stuff going and there's just going to be more and more and more and more and more. I don't know where the data is going to go and how people are going to analyze it. That's where the right. artificial intelligence is going to come in. Well, and it becomes a case in this particular article of, you know, he said, she said kind of thing between Ring and the Intercept. And, and I, I think what Ring yeah. is telling them is if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. <laughs> but no, nice. when, when you when you mentioned the uh, uh, full screen televisions on the refrigerators, mm -hmm. something even better has come out now. Um, a friend of mine, listener of the show, Ant Pruitt, he's been out. He writes for um, Tech Republic and, and a number of other sites. He's kind of a freelance tech reviewer and cool. all kinds of stuff. Very cool. But he, in one of his Instagram stories here, he was out at CES that just ended here. Mm -hmm. And he was showing some some footage of the one of the newest trends. I believe it was in his Instagram stories. Uh, a new trend where there are these you know, everyone loves the Instagram story, Snapchat stories, and it was these big backpacks that had a screen built onto the back that was basically <laughs> playing Instagram stories and things like that. Backpack on the back of the backpack. On the back of the backpack. You're correct. Is it on the back of the backpack or the back of the knapsack? Well, when you have a, a Big rucksack. Mac attack and it's time for a big snack, do you look at the screen on the back of the backpack to place an order for the Big Mac snack pack? Huh. I'm... I'm just curious. Uh, I am now curious too because I've <laughs> I was trying to follow that and and I'm I'm not sure I got all of it. But I made it up and I could not repeat it. <laughs> well, we good thing you recorded about food it. shack and give a smack and you know. <laughs> yeah, love shack, love shack, <laughs> food shack, food shack, oh. food shack, baby. Food. Stay away, fools. Cause Cause food love. rules. Yeah, I would love rule at the <laughs> food shack. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, man. 
It does. Yeah, man. Look. That depends on if you're a foodie or not. I guess if you're into that, you know, man. <laughs> I mean, I like food and my love. I mean, I love a good pizza. Who doesn't? How about a burger? Do you love burgers? Love a good burger, man. Right on, right on. That's impossible. <laughs> what about fake burgers? Do you love fake burgers? Never. Get that beep out of here. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, so the best thing that came out of CES this year was the Impossible Burger 2.0. Oh, not the best thing. Ooh. Yes, it was, because we love burgers. Not that is true. But, it, but am I this understanding burger, this right? Yeah. I don't think it's an actual burger. <laughs> it, it's made from something that's a so-called bleeding plant. Yes. No thanks. Yes. <laughs> this is for vegans, uh, people who have actually turned vegan but just crave a burger, a real burger. You know what I call that? The, the texture of a burger, the bloodiness of yep. a burger. You know what I call those people? Lying face McLiar pants. <laughs> you can't crave a burger and all the juicy goodness and everything in a burger and still claim to be a vegan. Yes, I'm well, ranting. Obviously, there are people that do because they if went you crave meat, created this. You're not a vegan. I mean, I, I get it for people that maybe can't if eat it for health. If you crave meat, you might not be vegan. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I get it if you can't eat meat for health reasons, I stuff like that. I get it if you that. can't eat that meat. I get it. I get it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. But uh, what I am saying is you, you don't get to run around preaching how you're a vegan. You eat a plant-based diet. You're so healthy. And look at me. I'm wonderful. Yet I'm craving burgers. So I'm going to create this plant-based garbage and try and force everyone else to eat it because it's not a burger. <laughs> well, since you're so... Uh, Dave, can you drop your mic quick? I just want to hear the mic. Okay, here we down. go. <laughs> I, well, I think Dave is the one that should tell us about this story since he's you know, so for the burger here. I, I am yeah. not for... If I want to eat vegetables, I'll eat vegetables. I don't need them in burger form. I don't need them in chicken form. <laughs> If I want to eat chicken, we have I'll not cured cancer yet, but we've created the fake burger. Yeah, I don't need it, and especially if it's made out of something called a bleeding plant. No, thank you. What's next? What's that plant that that blooms once every millennium that they put down in the the Minnesota Arboretum there? Um, the corpse flower or something? It's called Minnesota Arboretum. Yeah, <laughs> that's where they <laughs> that's where they serve lots of plant based tacos. It's, it's it's like a corpse flower. It just it blooms very rarely. Dave and it is just, just mad right now. It I smells know. like a dead corpse. But this, I, I don't understand it. <laughs> okay, I don't. okay. I I think I understand what what what's going on here with Dave. I should probably tell me, you how I really feel. Yeah. Well, yes. I'm, I'm not sure. Adam, let's go back a little bit here. This is this is before you knew uh, Dave. All right. So uh, Dave and I go back. We we met at a place that we used to work. Uh, together and then he took me to a football game because he wanted to earn my friendship um <laughs> yep sounds right <laughs> yeah no but here's something i learned about dave dave will never not finish a burger that's how much he loves burgers that's so here's true. what he would do is if we went to a burger place and he had a burger and a fries he would eat 100 percent of those fries first and then he would start on the burger. And Amen. One day I called, Preach it. One day I called him out on this, and I'm like, Dave, why the heck are you doing that? Why don't you eat them both at the same time like a normal person? And he goes, well, you know what? If I, uh, if I eat the burger and I feel full, I'll just leave the fries. And that's a waste of money. 
But if I eat all the fries first, I will then proceed to eat 100% of that burger because I'm not going to leave that burger uneaten. Heck no, I love a good burger. And I remember this to this day. That was probably 20 freaking years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, this man loves his burgers. Still true so, to this day. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Don't don't give us any of this plant based burger. Come okay, on. well let's just, just let's just tell time. our listeners yeah. real fast what this is, and I'll do it because Dave yeah. is too. You know, calm down a little bit, Dave. Breathe, please. Oh, I, breathe. I've, I've got a couple quotes out of this this very article I've been seeing that <laughs> oh, we'll touch man. on. I'm okay. writing to my senator. My name's Dave. <laughs> I'm not wasting time there. <laughs> All right. So uh, introduced at this year's CES was the Impossible Burger 2. This is the second variant of this burger that this company, Impossible Foods, has created. And uh, what it is, it is, it's hard to describe here. It's a plant-based patty that bleeds and sizzles when it cooks. So when you're actually cooking <laughs> it, you get that bloody oil in the pan why would you want that similar to a burger and you get that sizzle now it's made using an ingredient called and i'm i hopefully i don't uh mispronounce this but a hemi you know it's not uh what's in your truck (laughs) (laughs) does that burger got a hemi (laughs) Uh, it's an iron (laughs) guarantee it doesn't waste on those ingredients. now tell me how delicious this sounds it's an iron containing component that's abundant in animal muscle now here's the thing Animal muscle. That's freaking meat. Yep. Is it not? Last time I heard. Yep. And it aims to mimic that uh, basic uh, Moorish meaty flavor. Well, if it's meat, it would have a meaty flavor, would it not? Yeah. So I don't know what to believe here. Is this completely a fake burger or are they faking us out and giving these vegans actual beef? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that is the case where they're just like <laughs> jokes on you. Yeah, we're manufacturing fake beef, April and it really fools. it's yeah, really it's just you know oh. slabs of you know uh, Angus out back that they're putting on there. But uh, here here's my take on it. Uh, in the article, the Engadget uh, website senior editor Nicole Lee celebrated that celebrated it as a burger that could truly wean people off their meat lust. Hmm. Um, Why would you one. want to first? Right, exactly. Well, th- this gets to my point. The next one, The Economist in December declared 2019 the year of the vegan. Many people, myself included, agreed, according to this article. We're just a dozen days into the new year, but the new Impossible Burger's instant success hints we're on the right track. Um, they're calling this the holy grail, or wait for it, the holy grill of alternative meat, the steak. <laughs> And they're saying so, the so only, there's a vegan agenda here. Yeah, the only competitive advantage this company has, as pointed out by one CEO, Pat Brown, is that unlike the cow, we get better at making meat every single day. Uh, what? I don't think. I think a cow does a pretty dang good job. I think Me too. It, you don't make meat; it just is meat. <laughs> there, you, well, maybe we should tell Dan that he's meat, and he might make you know a pretty good burger. I'm going to vote that the arsenal is better than this. Absolutely, and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna vote that this is nothing more than trying to meat shame people and turn everyone into mindless meat vegan shame. zombies. Let's walking hashtag around. meat shame everybody. Yeah, they just want they heard Digital Soup making puns a long time ago about zombies and grains, grains. and now they want to turn everyone into mindless vegan grain eating. Yeah. Well, you can't for, do that because there's gluten in it. For so, an article to say that we, we need to wean ourselves up meat lust that could truly wean people off of their meat lust. This is just in a <laughs> what is this terrible. garbage? Oh, no, no. 
no, you're on the right track, guys, because yeah, not please. eating meat is the best way of all time. Yeah, all in right, the hey, words of CNET's Dara Kerr, if the Impossible Burger 1.0 tastes like an okay sizzler steak, <laughs> the 2.0 version is more like a well-massaged Kobe ribeye. How about you well just go massaged. buy a Kobe ribeye and eat it instead of producing it out of your salad? I'm just yeah. saying. I told you. I was. I, I read this article, and it has me... Uh, way too fired up Fuming. because I'll probably die of a heart attack because I had too much meat in my life. I'm I'm looking at a picture of this thing cut in half. Yeah, it looks raw in the middle. Yeah, that's the it bleeding looks, looks disgusting. Don't worry, it's not really raw, so it's not dangerous. You're not going to get any like salmonella type, you know, undercooked meat problems. Couldn't. I hope they don't tell. use romaine lettuce in it because then we're all screwed. Mm-hmm. The only place where this would be good is if there's some kind of cow apocalypse and we no longer have them the cow apocalypse. we have to we have to for science well i could see something like that maybe where it's it's an absolute necessity and there's people that make arguments that this planet cannot support the consumption of meat like it does we need to eliminate meat because there's too much meat being raised or you know cattle and in pork and everything else so it's taking up too much land and they're making an argument for that i get it science is there if you want to look at it or not that's up to you on the flip side of that I get it too. If you if you have a literal health condition where for whatever reason you just cannot eat meat, um, I know there are certain tick diseases, you know, similar to Lyme's disease, but other versions of it, where people that get uh, this disease and they they suffer from it. I don't know if it's for a lifetime or if it's for a number of years till things kind of clear up, whatever it is. But they will get essentially allergic to certain meats. They can't eat them. They get violently ill. I get it. If something like that happens and you need an alternative, great. But don't tell me that you need to wean America off its meat lust. Meat Exactly. Lust. Stop with that. Stop. You know, meat is actually, you, you ask a nutritionist. It's essential. You know, yes. Yep. Go ask my buddy Ant, who, who was out at CES. The dude is literally a bodybuilder. Ask him if, if he'll give up meat. I doubt it because I'm looking at his feed and he's he's showing me eating some big burgers out there in Vegas while he was there and all, all kinds of stuff. The dude knows his, his fitness too. And, and essential proteins from real meat are just as essential as, you know, eating your greens and getting, you know, a lot of water, all that stuff. But Drinking your milk. Drinking your milk, vitamins, everything else. Take your vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> and say your prayers. Take your um, vitamins and say your prayers, Hulkamaniacs. Guilt dieting. Mm. Yeah, meat shaming. I prefer that. Yep. What else at CES caught your eye? Anything? No, actually, I didn't look at anything else. <laughs> well, here's what I'm going to do because I know we kind of teased that as a CES setup. There was a couple things I saw, um, but mainly through through my my friend Ant's Twitter feed because he was putting up a lot of content on Instagram. We'll wow. link up in the show we're really, notes. We're really bragging about our friend Ant, aren't yeah, we? He's he's a good dude, but he's he's busting his tail and. Uh, you know, he he really put up. He went and saw Got a lot a of the stuff. He put a lot, <laughs> put a lot of lot of effort into you know doing doing his job as as a tech reviewer and revi- uh, writer and and everything else, content creator. Did he have an Impossible Burger 2.0? I seriously doubt it. Um, <laughs> if Ant, if you did, I, I want to see uh, your thoughts on it. I, I'd love to see it. But the one thing he he did share. And he had a little uh, a video, not a little video, he put a, a video up on his YouTube channel about it, a, a review, kind of a in-the-booth review. It's for this little, you know, we've all seen the Fuji Instax cameras. 
mm-hmm. you know, the little instant cameras. Polaroid yeah, has my a, daughter has one. Yeah. yeah, Polaroid's coming out with a brand new one. It's called the Mint <laughs> Shoot and Print Instant Camera. But Sounds it's kind of cool looking. And, and he showed the the lady, you know, giving her little, um, I don't want to say seminar, but, you know, she did a demo for him of how it works. It's actually a pretty slick looking little camera. It looks like a lot of fun. And what's cool is that it prints out. You get options to print color, black and white, sepia tone, all that stuff. You can adjust all that. And then once it prints, it's all set to go. But they're a little bit bigger looking prints than the Instax. So might be something cool on the camera side that'd be fun just to play around with or great for kids and things like that. But if you want to see more about CES, we'll link up his feed. Just go follow him there. You'll find links to his writings at Tech Republic, his YouTube channel. He covered a lot of this stuff. And what he didn't personally cover, he's got a lot of it tweeted out from his cohorts and everything out there. So... Cool. Okay, and then just to end uh, end our story on this Impossible Burger, as uh, us here at Digital Soup always tell you, uh, you know, wait for that first point release. Uh, I would never go with the original. I mean, 2.0 might be buggy. We'll wait for 2.1. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait for the patch. Yeah, I, I want a uh, well-aged and massaged Kobe ribeye steak. <laughs> crying out loud. Probably doesn't taste nearly as good as a straight, like, Minnesota beef patty. Heck no. What's a Minnesota beef patty? Tell you what. Local locally bought farm you know, locally raised farm raised beef. It's probably nowhere near as good as slicing up a good whitetail backstrap, frying it up in a pan. <laughs> Grabbing a bungee and an activision and then splitting it. Heck yeah. Right down the middle. The butterfly. Are you butterflying that? And no, then you grilling don't, it? You the butterfly. Uh uh-uh, uh, <laughs> that's old. Yeah, what? we we Let want to get roll. <laughs> Those butterflies. Nope. Anybody? You know, Anybody? Halos. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. But when you said butterfly, I thought of the other one that was like, come, my lady, come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. <laughs> it's terrible. Terrible it 90s is. music there. This news about Bungie was kind of interesting, though. It just, I just saw it pop up today. So Bungie jumped? Yeah, they jumped, and <laughs> Activision got kicked to the curb, it appears. There See was what a I split. Did there? I do. You know, Bungie, the studio that famously put out Halo and then worked to split from Microsoft, then found themselves tied in with Activision and their popular, most popular game was Destiny. And now they've split, but apparently Bungie is retaining rights to the Destiny franchise, which is kind of cool because a lot of people love that game. And I guess they're planning some big things along with some new games and everything else. So so are they like courting a new publisher then? or what are I, they doing? I don't know. It almost sounded like they were just excited to go be on their own. Um, so they're going to like self-publish maybe? Maybe. I don't know. They, they didn't really say at this point, but all they did say is that, you know, while Activision employees, it was kind of a dull, dismal announcement. Uh, employees at Bun- Bungie were popping champagne and Bungie. celebrating. So, yeah. Well, it's not like Activision's Bung- going to be hurting or anything. <laughs> they still have their Call of Duty series, which yeah. you know, I've heard is kind of popular. Yeah, What's it is. That? But <laughs> it seems like Activision, though, continues to lose franchises lately. You well, they know, still have Dangerous Hunts, which is uh, Dave's favorite game of all time. No, I've never played that. I prefer to do that in real life, usually. Dangerous Hunts. That's true. You do like to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, what is cool, though, is uh, Activision did. They're the one that published, uh, you know, the, the remake of the Crash series and the Spiral series. So they are, mm-hmm. they're they making some money. I mean, Destiny right. was a huge title for them. But I'm going to have to say Crash and Spiral and Call of Duty is probably the bread and butter, But where Destiny 2 might have been their impossible burger. Yeah, I don't know, though, because it mm. sounds like Activision <laughs> was maybe... Destiny 2, what this article is saying, I've never played it, but Destiny 2, they're Neither saying, is you know a lot of the players love the game. 
but it failed to meet Activision sales standards. So they stopped pushing it. Basically, they stopped pushing content. They stopped, you know, a lot of the production. And so it sounds like that's what Bungie's excited about is now they can start releasing more seasonal experiences. They can continue to deliver, um, you know, all the upcoming stuff they had planned to do as well as some new surprising announcements. But when you look at, um, I wonder if they'll ever bring back a, you know, make a, a modern marathon. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know that you don't know what marathon was, right? Mm-hmm. I, I it think was Bungie's so, yeah. first, uh, first person shooter. It was on the Mac. Oh, okay. It's, it sounds familiar. I don't, I never played it, but oh I, I wonder you though, guys, you're not real gamers. What? You should know games on every system. I'm, I oh, don't, sh- <laughs> no. but what <laughs> I wonder though, I mean, you mentioned crash and Spyro. With, with Activision, to hot babes all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Activision does have Call of Duty still, and that is a very popular franchise. Oh, they have they have Tony Hawk. They yeah, but all those man. games are old games. Are they still making new ones? Yes, Tony Hawk Five. When did that? Come I don't know when that. I don't know. It's older. <laughs> Two thousand. That was the last Tony Hawk that came out. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know. I mean, it seems, you know, based on this article at the Kotaku website that we got linked up, um, you know, Activision's going through a big executive <gasps> They released up. a Duck Dynasty game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's right up there. But, I mean, they... <laughs> you know, if anybody's ever seen a picture of Dave, you swear he was one of the Duck Dynasty guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally looks exactly I used like to Dave. have the beard. Now I don't anymore, but... I don't know. It just it's interesting to see what happens, but I love the Halo franchise. You know, and and that studio did well. That first Halo was fantastic. I just I never yeah. got into Halo, but we've talked about that before because I loved first person shooters, but man, I got to have that keyboard and mouse. I just cannot play a first person shooter on a console. Well, they had Halo on I the understand, PC. Adam. Can okay. we just go with what I'm saying? Can we just skip the facts <laughs> so it fits my narrative? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, all of Twitter. Okay, <laughs> all of Twitter. <laughs> it was it was originally created for a console, so it just doesn't live up to my uh, you know PC standards. Oh, discerning PC taste. Yeah. What? 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 That's funny. I lo- I lolled. You lolled. I mm-hmm. lolled. Well, I ruffled. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. <laughs> you sound like hamburglar. <laughs> yep, <laughs> impossible hamburglar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rubbish, rubbish. <laughs> Speaking of rubbish, yeah. what, what, what about this Atari VCS thing? It has surpassed oh. three million dollars on Indiegogo. Wasn't this did, thing? Did supposed you to hold be your sh- pinky up to your mouth while you said that? <laughs> three million dollars. <laughs> Wasn't this thing supposed to have shipped already? I don't. I I was looking at the website earlier. I cannot find a freaking release date. You've 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 got over three million dollars. They are twenty nine thousand and twenty nine thousand fifty six percent funded. No, no two thousand nine hundred and fifty six. Not twenty nine thousand. Twenty nine hundred fifty six percent. Just under. Yeah, I do math. I don't even need to read numbers. Just My under three thousand percent funded as of June thirtieth, twenty eighteen. So it's like they have way more than reached mm-hmm. what their goal was, and I still don't have a release date. Nowhere on their website can I find a release date. This is, I almost wonder if this is when literally is just a scheme. Like, uh, did so many people back this for the nostalgic factor? But, and, and 
Cheese Knees would not lie to us. I hope not. Have you guys got an email from Cheese Knees lately? I have not. Mm-hmm. Not in a long time. Shoot him a message. He's your pal. Be like, Plug. listen, Joe. Yeah, we no, what was his out. first name? Not Joe. Uh, uh, Ch- Charles? I forget. Was it would, it, would it really Jesus. be Charles uh, Cheese Knees? <laughs> I hope so. God, I hope so. <laughs> then his name would be <laughs> Chucky Cheese Knees. <laughs> 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 Chuck of Cheese knees, where's my tar box? <laughs> That's what the we want to know. We do want to know. I, I can't believe I could have swore the last time we talked about this story, though, they were talking about a release of late 2018, early 2019. Okay, and- I just on the Wikipedia, so you know, this you have to hold this with a grain of salt, of course, but it says uh, July 2019 now. Yeah, but you is a, Adam yeah. probably just went in and edited Wikipedia right now, yeah, so probably. you had a date. I bet you they just they don't have any really good games. Well, yet, actually, like, though, this article we we've got linked here over on well, it's the Indiegogo site. Yeah, it's saying estimated delivery July 2019. Now, That's this is I just absurd. Said. So it is, Matt. You well, you also just said I've searched all over this site. I can't find a date anywhere. And so, so I, I pulled up the link and I found it right there. Yeah, yeah, I see. <laughs> My <laughs> name is Jason. <laughs> I can't find things anywhere. Hey, I need something soldered. Can somebody help me out? <laughs> I sure could do some soldering for you. I think. That would be awesome. Um, I would. It's, it's 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 good to solder, but not if you can't see, right? Say it a little bit louder, Adam. No. No, I want to talk about Bird Box. Yeah. <laughs> or as I called it, Blind Box. <laughs> blind blind Bird. So so Bird Box, bird. have you guys seen this? Yes. yes we talked about that Have you that even heard about week. this? I mean, this has kind of been under the radar. Uh, most people don't know anything about it. <laughs> we saw it. We did. Sandra Bullock didn't. <laughs> did there. Uh, it was an interesting movie so obviously if you haven't seen bird box this is going to be spoilers so yep. skip ahead until you hear us talking about something else well the next all, okay i do chapters just tell them to skip to the next chapter skip to the next skip chapter the next okay chapter, so this is going to have spoilers of course bird box um there's some parts about it i really liked and some that were kind of meh yeah but yeah, uh like over, overall though I, I actually enjoyed watching it the uh Sandra Bullock, of course, being the uh, the protagonist. I'm, I'm not going to name my kids thing. No. Yeah, boy, <laughs> girl, boy, girl. So yeah, the only thing worse would have been hey and you. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, and then the other. So <laughs> sound Asian. Hey you, where's hey? <laughs> <laughs> hey you, get over here. Oh, um, which which one? Oh, that would be perfect. You could say it so easily, and they both come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The the premise of this movie I thought was interesting though. I mean, the fact that you never see the monster, they never mm-hmm. explained where it came from, what it's doing there, and they really I wanted to see the monster. Well, Adam, yeah, I know, I know the monster <laughs> it, yes. changes for whoever looks at it. No, 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 no. no, no. If you want to see the monster, you can go online and look at what the monster was. Thankfully, they made the fantastic decision to not show it, but the um. Oh, was it the special effects uh, guys that released that, Dave? Yeah. Uh, sh- um, showing what the monster actually it was. It was actually cut scenes. Yeah. I can't think of the uh, who who exactly released it, but yeah, it's it's really Did funky. you see it, Adam? Oh, it looks like an old baby. 
Yes, it's like a, an old man baby. And well, how stupid would have that here, been? I here's mean, the I, thing, though. I saw versions of this that were basically like an old man baby head on top of like a snake body. These these oh, really uh, interesting things. So I, I've got a um, they actually and there's this really cool Instagram account I follow. It's it's a website you can buy these things on eBay. They, they make these custom toys like vintage looking action figures, and they mm-hmm. made. Uh, I'm looking right now. They made a bird box, and you will want to embed this into our website. This is the um, action figure they made, a, a classic vintage action figure, based on what Sandra Bullock described the unseen bird box creature to look like. It was snake-like with a horrific baby face. So right here in our chat, I'm sticking a link if it wants to load. Where am I at? And you can kind of see their their idea of what this looks like. Okay. But regardless of what it looks like, I mean, let's talk about the movie in general here. Uh, it's 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 a fantastic thriller uh, movie. Beware. Why are you laughing, dude? Because <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of a tadpole. <laughs> it's uh-uh. crazy. With a face on it. <laughs> you got to check out more of that Instagram feed because you're going to love it. Uh, you know, separate from now yeah, in our we'll conversation. Right. But yeah. But the movie, uh, what'd you guys think overall? It was, it was pretty good, wasn't I it? I enjoyed it. It was enjoyable. A lot of people compare this to a quiet place because yep. it had uh, a similar type thing. It's something yeah. that is destroying mankind and has to do with the sense. Well, one was uh, hearing and this one was sight. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What's the? Maybe these are all part of like this sneaky series of movie monster movies. Instead of the old mummy and <laughs> Frankenstein and you know Dracula, maybe we're now going to have a quiet place, which is hearing. We're going to have mm-hmm. Bird Box, which is the seeing part. What's next? Smelling <laughs> the don't don't touch me, which is the feeling part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feeling. Uh, taste. Everybody, get into an isobaric chamber and don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> if you taste food, you die. Yeah, I mean, but it, I thought the premise was really cool, and I, I loved the effect they ended up going with when people would look at it, like how their eyes would change. Mm-hmm. That mm, I thought yeah. was just it was so subtle but so clever. Yeah, I I had a little bit of trouble buying Sandra Bullock's character as this brooding artist. A little bit, uh, but a little bit, but but she, I mean, she did a good job. She acted very, very good in it. It, it was yeah. Just, it, there was a few of those kind of pieces, and when I thought mm-hmm. her character really settled into the character was after she had the baby, because yeah, yeah. prior to that, that's what I had trouble believing. It was Sandra Bullock being a young, unwed, pregnant mother. Because it's, I mean. We're all older too, but she's older than us, I think. Mm. You know, she's she's in the mid forties, pushing fifty, and I just had a hard time seeing her as this young, expecting mother. I mean, they didn't say she was like twenty or yeah. nothing, but yeah. it kind of made yeah, it look she like is, she was fairly. You know, they tried to make it look like I she think was she is young. around forty nine or so. Yeah, she's got to be close to that because she's. I'm looking it up now. Yeah, similar in age to Keanu, but. I mean, that was the part that I had trouble with. Like, uh, I don't buy that part. Oh, she's 54 years old. Oh, she's over 50. So and it's just like, yeah. had a kid. All right. Yeah. And I mean, it's although like, she, she, it's yeah. Sandra Bullock and she looks great. Oh, right. That's fantastic. Yeah. But but character wise, I mean, that's what I, I just wasn't buying it. And then once she had the kid and was having to protect these kids, I, I totally bought that because I could have seen mm-hmm. it totally being not even her kids, you know, especially when she just kept calling them boy and girl. And it's like, I could totally believe that. Like, she just had this instinct kick in because we've seen her in roles like that, the protective roles. Even you're going to laugh at me, but even in a movie like Miss Congeniality, where, you know, she's a, a hard boiled cop, you know, and 
they dress her up, and that's kind of the funny part of the whole movie because she's stunning, but she's very protective of the girls. She becomes friends with them, and, and I can I totally buy that side of it for her. Sure. All right, so hey, can I tell you my favorite scene out of the whole movie? Right. I have to say it was the the one where it, shortly after the crash where her and her sister were in the crash, mm-hmm. and uh, you know then her sister backs into a, a bus, oh, which was, was pretty horrific there. Um, but they're they're trying to they're going up to this house and they want to go in this house. Well, the woman that was in the house looked, saw it, and then stepped into that burning car. Yeah, that was haunting. Sat down. Was, yeah, I thought shot. that was insane. I mean, wasn't she saying like she she was talking? She was to talking her to her mother. Yeah, yeah, who had her died years before. How good was John Malkovich? He was uh, <laughs> creepy. <I hated> him. <laughs> he is creepy. Yeah. But in the end, he almost saved the day. But he got killed because that one British guy came in and. Isn't yep. it beautiful? Take a look and let me just see, you know, whatever. And that that's another weird thing about this. What, you know, let's explain this to, you know, maybe somebody who decided they wanted to listen, but they've never seen the movie. What 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 is happening here is when you look at whatever this entity is, it drives you so insane, fills you with so much grief, uh, fear, um, uh, terror, I guess, even, that the only thing that you can do is kill yourself. Yep. Breaks now, this your is mind. for... An, a normal sane person, somebody who is not right in the head to begin with, uh, it does not make them commit suicide, but it transforms it them, them into hunters. It's a yeah, it makes them want to make yeah, <laughs> make everybody look at the entity. Well, for it them, is it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's it, the most beautiful thing they've ever seen. Right. And, no, and, I, I liked. I liked that. Sorry, David. No, you go, ahead, off, you go ahead. I really liked the fact that the insane people. It, it only. It didn't affect them. They just became like slaves to it. Yeah. That I, I kind of like that. Well, and that's where I questioned Jason. Like you had said, it, it at first. That's how they kind of explained it. It makes you see your. Your biggest fears, it, it makes you filled with grief, and you, the only the only solution is killing yourself. But then, as the movie goes on, you notice this thing will use voices. It will imitate voices to try and get you to look, to try and lure you in, to try and call mm-hmm. you closer. And I'm not so sure that it left me with some questions, which I kind of liked the ambiguity of it, that it didn't just come out and say, this is how this monster works. This is what it does, and here's what you have to do to beat it. You never know. I mean, even at the end when they get to the sanctuary, that monster's still there. Every one of those people there could potentially still be wiped out. Well, speaking of the sanctuary, do yeah. you think uh, Negan would kill himself, or do you think he would try to uh, open other people's eyes to it because it's so beautiful? I think, I don't know Walking mm-hmm. Dead that well, but just my guess on the characters, I think he'd be one trying to get people to see how beautiful it is. All right. And the correlation there was because uh, the sanctuary is where he lived. Oh, gotcha. Adam uh, didn't even know that. Loser. I did not. There were some tense scenes Are you a liar? You did too. Negan and the Savior stayed at the sanctuary. You know that. Well, I didn't equate <laughs> the sanctuary to the blind sanctuary. Right. Ah, uh, okay. I, I mean, uh, I guess. Hey, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, can I? There's one other movie that, okay, we talked about A Quiet Place. Yeah. And we talked about um, now Bird Box. There's another movie, don't laugh at me when I mention this movie, but I think it's kind of similar in the same vein um, of where something is destroying all humans. One was an alien, uh, you know, the, the thing. A quiet place. No. Number two is a bird box where it's, I don't, we don't know where it came from. We don't know what it is, but it's, it's decimating the human race. 
Remember a movie called The Happening by M. Night Shyamalan? <laughs> we were, Adam, weren't you and I just talking about that? Or Jason? We was literally that you were. And that's that I'm glad you, you brought I, that up because I thought of this because it was the people had to, you know, it, it made people commit suicide. Yeah. And, it, it, and what it was was it was the plants of the planet were releasing this some type of pollen that would get yeah. into the, you know, into the air and the wind moved it. And that kind of yeah. reminded me, you know, the wind, the yeah. leaves, it, and then making the you kill thing. yourself. That I agree. And actually, it is funny, Dave, you're correct. We talked about this today. Yeah, I was going to say, that is um, so bizarre. Oh, you don't include me in it on it, even though I have the same well, idea. Well, we, we couldn't three-way call you. <laughs> yeah, well, you never well, answer I get a anyway. three-way with you guys anyway. <laughs> it's so good. Fun. Yeah. What? Man. <laughs> it's a good conversation, hey, man. man. So the that, uh, what time is it? I I, I well, hold on a second now because I did <laughs> I did have a comment on the happening. I got geek block because Dave said, "What's the twist at the end?" Because that's an M Night Shyamalan yeah, movie. Yeah, I, so I, I haven't seen it because I heard the movie was so terrible. You never saw the happening? No, I, I, said, I never watched it, but I did. It's know on J Flex. I know. I said, Flex. I did the, the, twist, know the twist. The twist is that the movie really sucks. <laughs> it's a twist. Well, just the Surprise. acting from. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> he was a math teacher. Well, well you know, was, it was really bad, though. The acting. It, I, 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 I didn't have a problem with horrendous. the acting. The movie just was like, oh, the wind is after us. Yeah, I, no, I it's heard not it. the wind. It's the oh, plant oh, the, I'm life. sorry, the spores. spores. Mankind that doesn't has, make it any is better. destroying the Okay, Dave. Yeah. The twist is mankind is destroying the planet, which we're going to, we should all agree. We probably are. Probably need some impossible burgers. Solve everything. And, well, maybe that's what turns it. Yeah, that, I, that's oh, the what plants happened. are like. Now they're treating us like meat. Let's kill them. <laughs> yeah. So all the Release plant life, the spores. they released poisonous <laughs> spores that would uh, infect humans and make them commit suicide. Right. And there were some pretty awesome scenes uh, where this first started to happen. Remember at that construction site where all of a sudden one of the workers fell off of the high. They thought he just fell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another one fell just slightly after it. And then uh, the, what do you call it? The foreman, he looked up and he just saw dozens of people stepping off of the very top and just falling into their deaths. Well, yep. that was creepy. Taking that back to Bird Box, because that kind of a death, when you see that in movies, it's one that still, it just gets me every time. Like, wow, that was well done. But like the the way that they did when when her sister in Bird Box in the beginning just kind of looks at her with those sad eyes and just takes that step backwards right into that bus. Like that slow step while they're looking right at you. Boom. And I've mm. seen that in a lot of other movies too where people are like, they're going to kill themselves and they're looking at you. You're, you're just kind of thinking like, oh, maybe this will work out. Nope. They just they look dead at the camera or at the character and step off the building, off the cliff, into the bus, whatever it is. What a haunting type of scene. I guess that's why you see it so often repeated, but... One of my favorite types of movie tricks, I guess you'd say. But what what would you guys give? I know this wasn't a full super review, and, and just to wrap up on Bird Box overall, uh, po- I'd give it a three point five, three and a half out of five. I'd give it a, yeah, I'd three and a half to four out of five. Yeah. I enjoyed and it; I'd, it was fun. I I think I'm gonna agree. Uh, I'm gonna give it about a three and a half. Yeah. Now, before yeah. I know Adam Adam Geek blocked you. Before we do that, we've got an mm. announcement that we want to make. Um, Want to get this in here so it doesn't get lost in the shuffle at the end of the show. Because of scheduling issues and recording issues and everything else, what we're going to do this week, this episode you're hearing on Tuesday, starting next week, at least for the foreseeable future, we're looking, we're going to start releasing our episodes on a different day. We're going to push them out to Fridays instead of on Tuesdays. 
Mm-hmm. And the main reason being just because it works better for the recording schedule, but most importantly for the editing schedule. So we can get that done. So next week, that episode, you're not going to hear an episode on Tuesday, which would be, what's the date? Let's see, uh, the 22nd. You'll hear that episode instead on Friday the 25th. And from now on, we're going to be giving you some digital soup to kick off your weekend on Fridays. And at the end of this month, we're going to bring back our new version of Super Reviews, which we're going to basically take one episode a month and do the full review along with maybe a, a story or two of regular banter fun. So some changes coming up to the format and schedule, but we don't want you to freak out when all of a sudden it's Tuesday and there's no new digital soup. It's going to be here, but it's going to be here on Fridays from now on. So TGIF, everybody. Yeah. You're going to catch a digital <laughs> soup uh, for your Friday drive at five. <laughs> it's That's Friday, right. Friday, Friday. You got it. What time is it now? It's time for a kickoff. I hope you keep the boop boop in there. Well, no, I'm going to put the regular music in. <laughs> I know what oh, you're okay. going to do, but I hope you, you just keep your <laughs> boop boop in there. But this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what kind of geek off do we got today, Dave? We've got round two in our Batman. Oh, that's film right. Still geek off. Batting it up. So, we're going to blast through. There's four matchups today. It's going to lead us to the semifinals. And then two weeks, we're going to have a winner. All right. Let's go. So, first round. I want to know what's uh, what's going to take the the title here. Batman Returns from 1992, I believe it is. I'm already going to give it to the other one. Okay, Batman Begins moved on last week, 2005. Oh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. I mean, Batman Returns was not bad, as Adam says. I mean, yes, the Penguin wasn't the best, but it was still a Tim Burton. It wasn't a Joel Schumacher. But yeah, Batman Begins by a long shot over those two. And see, I'm Agreed. I'm a little torn. I, I I'll, I'll give it Batman Begins, and it's mainly because I have rewatched uh, the you know classic Batman, Batman '89, and Batman Returns. And as much as I love them, they hold a soft spot in my heart. They just don't hold up these days. No, they it's, don't. It's it's very very tough to watch those in in some way. Mm-hmm. Christopher Walken was actually at the time had a fantastic performance, but you watch it now and it's just bizarre. As Could Max you Vaughn imagine if the Shroud if the was. Avengers one had come out in eighty five, and then Oof. Avengers two didn't come out until two thousand seventeen? Well, if you remember, do you think you'd be able to go back to no, Avengers one and no, still watch it? No, and you remember <laughs> in the the old classic movie Adventures in Babysitting? You remember that movie? <laughs> Follow me here. Just, I don't think I ever okay. saw that one. I, I used uh, yes. to watch that Elizabeth as a kid. Elizabeth Shue, yeah, yes. very much. They are in a <laughs> as they're running around trying to get home, having their adventure, whatever's going on. They come, they find themselves in this like auto mechanics repair shop, and this big guy's there, blonde hair and everything else, and he, he has a Thor helmet. And the implication was kind of like, "Whoa, this was Thor." That was the level of Avengers you would have gotten back then. <laughs> yeah, you know, and That's it's like, can true. you picture? Our Avengers now, Iron Man, you know, Thor, Captain America, all that. Well, there was a Captain America version back then, too, but can you picture them back in that style? I mean, no, no, thank you. I'm glad we're in the age we are now, which <laughs> reminds me, before we blast through these last three, I meant to tell you guys last week I got to go see Aquaman. Ah. Very, very good. 
Really? Yeah, I cool. really enjoyed it. Fantastic story. Just but was it better than The Little Mermaid? I'm going to uh, think yeah, you're still going to uh, say Little Mermaid. No, I, I think I'd, I'd enjoy oh. Aquaman again. Um, I definitely want to see it again. The only thing I will say, I loved everything about it. The acting was fun. Story was fun. A lot of great action. It was colorful, a lot of humor, but still some serious beats in it. And everyone's talking about how wonderful the CGI looks and how great that underwater world looks. And they're very true. The world itself looks fantastic. There was something funky happening with people's faces under the water. Like when they, they did they were whatever. Wet. Well, no, they they did something to the CG. Like they. <laughs> well, see what happens, Dave, is when a light refracts through. The no, it wasn't. Water, that. It wasn't it that. <laughs> it wasn't that. It, it was. It you was know. like the. I don't know if it was the mapping or what, but when they were trying to apply these looks to the underwater effect, at least to me, it just had a kind of a weird, like, uh, not good CGI feel to the to the faces in the underwater scenes. Everything else uh, is fantastic, but it was just kind of like, almost like- Do you, you think they might've had AA turned off? <laughs> Anti-aliasing, maybe. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that's kind of the what it reminded me of, and, and Adam, you might know what I mean by this, is if, if you went in and were to apply like skin smoothing mm -hmm. in Photoshop or something, which is basically, um, you know, removing noise. So, uh, in, yeah, in you're-, you're in local yeah, contrast, yeah. It, it makes it look it's the like, same thing you see in fashion magazines. Yeah, and if it's done poorly, it can almost look like this weird plasticky, weird look. That's kind of the only thing. But it was such a small thing. I, I the movie was so much fun. I mean, just a blast. I want to see it. I'll see it when it comes out. Yep, absolutely cool. worth seeing it. So, anyways, I wanted to tell you guys about that because I forgot last week. But nice. second matchup, these both moved on from last weekend or last week's show. I mean, Justice League 2017 versus. Dark Knight Rises from 2012. Dark Knight Rises. I know Adam won't say it, but yeah, I'm gonna give it to Justice League on that one. And I know everyone's going, Adam, you're an idiot. Yeah, but I'm entitled <laughs> to my dumb opinion. Can you do just, your bane again? I was. I, I just wasn't a big fan of the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm I'm torn on this one. I really am. I thought Justice League was a lot of fun, but I thought. Maybe a little mishandled as far as like the, the thing with Justice League. Too that, much CGI. That's what no, got me. It, it wasn't Batman even that. versus Superman, uh, uh, Justice League. Just was, the CGI just killed me. The problem with Justice League is that they jammed everything into one movie without, they didn't take the time like Marvel did with anything well, good. They, yeah, yeah where's like, the standalone cyborg movie? It wasn't terrible. The standalone Flash movie. They tried to jam in the death of Superman, they tried to jam in. Like four different major comic book arcs into the one Justice movie, Justice League movie. The problem I had with it wasn't even that. It wasn't the CGI. It wasn't that. It's that they made the Justice League as a whole so underpowered compared to Superman. Because if you remember, until Superman shows up, everyone's getting their butts kicked. They're barely holding their own. That uh, was a Steppenwolf. Yeah, he starts coming in and and he's just throwing down. He's he's having no problem against. All the members of the Justice League except Superman. And all of a sudden, they, hey, you know, Superman flies in and, huh, I believe in this. Boom, boom, one of the boom, worst, fight's done. What I hated, though, is during that major fight there, uh, the background music, it was ridiculous. I mean, Magic Carpet Ride, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> well, they had the rights, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but the thing is, 
I love the Dark Knight Rises also. I, I thought, I didn't think it was the best Bane. I didn't, I, there were some plot holes, obviously. I really enjoyed but that trilogy. But who was trilogy. the best Bane? There wasn't one yet. They, I don't think okay, we've seen exactly. the best Bane. But here's my only, only problem with the Dark Knight Rises is that so much of this movie was Batman during the day. And it drove me nuts because I mean he's a Dark Knight. What the frick is yeah, he on the day for? He he fights. He's Batman. <laughs> yeah. Fights crime by night, and that's the part where I was like, I don't know. But I think between the two, I still am going to have to give it to Dark Knight Rises, just because I feel that it was a more complete Batman story. Justice League obviously involved a lot of Batman, and I enjoyed the movie, but I think I'm going to have to give the edge to Rises myself. So where does that put us? Rises that, that puts it at Dark Knight Rises is the winner. Yep, and it probably should be. I'm a little biased just because sometimes I watch a movie. You guys remember me with uh, 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 Tomb Raider, yeah. Where there's a couple of things that just took me out of it, yeah, and then I didn't like it anymore, yeah. And so it was Which the same one? thing with Batman Rises, the new Tomb Raider. Oh, okay. The one we reviewed, you know, yeah, while back. you know, from Super Reviews, that other probably thing. Probably more than one Tomb that Raider. Might have been, that might have been you mean our Tomb last Raider Super 2017? Review. Yeah, that might have actually been our last Super Review. <laughs> All right, next bracket for you. The Dark Knight, 2008. Heath Ledger's what? Joker. Right. I have to go with that. It doesn't matter what you're going against. Versus Lego Batman. Yes, uh, definitely. Dark Knight. Dark Knight wins. Yep. I know Lego Batman saw a strong surge in listener Jesse, I believe. A oh, strong surge of like one listener. Surge, surge, <laughs> surge Cola. No, I, I, we Ooh, got, some, I we got some messages cheering on Lego Batman. And I agree, Lego Batman is fun, but when you, is a put, fun movie. when you put it against Heath Ledger's Joker and that Batman story of that movie, kind of unfair. Kind of unfair, but that's just the way the random generator, that's the, that's the matchup they drew in the playoffs. What can you do? You know, any hmm. adult male that uh, chooses the, a Lego movie over a real movie needs to move out of their parents' basement. <laughs> Says the guy still living in his parents' basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I would say false. I'm too. allowed to live here because I like a real. <laughs> oh, okay, there, yeah. There are some fantastic mom. animated movies, though. Make that, some good cheese sandwiches, mom. <laughs> the meatloaf. <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> final final matchup this week: Batman v Superman, which got a bye week last week, versus Michael Keaton's Batman 1989. Oh man, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go with Keaton. Mm. I'm gonna go with the, the old school. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I mean, this I town needs an animal. You know, all that good stuff. Yeah. That, it was the first. Will the, was, can, it was good. Can the Joker save Batman '89? Much like Heath Ledger's Joker saved the Dark Knight. I like to say yes. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm the. I'm <sighs> probably one of the people that hated Batman versus <laughs> Superman more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, Adam and Dave would make out with that movie all day nope. long, but False. I. As Adam I just gave it to 89 Batman and crap all I over really it. I really disliked it. <laughs> exactly. Again, but, shaping but a narrative. <laughs> but I, if I had to choose between the two, like say right now. That's what we're asking. You're telling me, hey, which one would you want to watch <laughs> kind of, right kind of the, this second? Kind of the premise. It's kind of the point of the geek I off. probably would watch Batman versus, I've only seen it once, so I might watch Batman versus Superman again. No, it's not a terrible movie. It wasn't very well liked, and I didn't like the CGI, um, and yeah. I didn't like that they fell in love with each other you, once they realized both their moms' names was Martha. You really have a thing for True. animation, don't you? Like you hate it. I'm not a big fan of animation because no. CG is much. You know, in arguably, it's much like uh, live action effects. Okay, similar no, here's to the animation. thing. Here's the thing. 
Let's take a look at the Avengers series. Tons very, of CG. very heavily, heavily CGI, but you can't tell. Yes, you can. No, yes, you you understand it's CGI because you know the laws of physics don't work in certain ways. We don't have this technology, blah, blah, blah. Okay, but if you put somebody from another country that has never seen a movie before, you put Avengers on and then you put Superman versus uh, Batman or the other way around, whatever you want to say it, <laughs> on the other screen, they're going to they're going to be able to tell that that's fake where they're looking at the Avengers and it looks more realistic. Yeah. Maybe yes, it's, CGI is better in Marvel. I I, I right. think CGI is more is done way better 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 but after, more well more well so, done so what you're saying is after crapping all over cgi you're gonna go batman v superman which is heavy on the cgi compared exactly to that's what 89. i said it's it's weird that i would say that but being that i've only seen the movie once and i've seen the original batman a half dozen times let me ask I you probably, why would you not take the the 89 batman i'm just curious why wouldn't I yeah, take what's making you what's making you what's making you ditch that and go for the one that you weren't a big fan? I, of? I think it's what you said earlier. It just it doesn't hold up today. Sure. Makes sense. And that's why I've chose Batman v Superman as well, because because oh, I, I recently I actually <laughs> just recently in the last three, four months rewatched Batman 89 and Batman Returns there. It was fun. It was kind of a fun, nostalgic road back. But Man, some of that stuff, it just didn't hold up. It was kind of goofy. I mean, Batman didn't even really... I mean, we all know the stories about how Michael Keaton's suit in that movie was so restricted, he could hardly move. And mm -hmm. as a as a kid growing up watching it, I never noticed it. I was like, oh, look at Batman, he's fighting. Now it's just like, who is this wooden scarecrow? <laughs> Don't turn your neck. Yeah, what is this guy? I mean, he's trying to run and he can't move and you know stuff like yeah, that. And honestly, I haven't seen it in probably over a decade. The, the best part to me was when they're showing the Batmobile flying through the streets. You can tell it was shot like he was driving 20 miles an hour down these streets, and then they just sped up the camera and did, <laughs> did these practical effects, which for the time was fantastic, but... I, I, I love the movie still, but I have to give it to Batman v Superman, although I did enjoy Batman v Superman quite a bit, so not a huge shock there because I, I'm in the minority with Justice League, Batman v Superman. I really enjoyed Affleck's Batman a lot. Ah. So next week yeah, we've, I, I got, uh, we've got a matchup then between it's going to – well, I'm not going to tell you what they are. We'll know. Fine. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to know surprise. anyway. Well, it's just a bracket. I mean, the the winners move on. This these phases aren't aren't randomized now. It's much like the final four, where we know what's going to happen. But um, what we're going to see is Batman Begins versus Dark Knight Rises, mm -hmm. and in the Dark Knight versus Batman v Superman. Winner of those two are going to square off for the championship. Maybe we'll do all three next week and knock this out in three three episodes. Whoa. It's, it's a big. We're, we're soon gonna find out what was the best Batman movie of all time. True, true, very dad. true. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. You know, it's one of those days where we're just gonna have to call it quits because yeah. we've we've kind of reached the end of our show we here. Did, yeah. Um, before before you leave though, we want you to stick around afterwards and hear our unsigned music spotlight. Today's track is called "Souls Burning" by Elevation Falls. So this Irish rock band, Elevation Falls, their sound is classic rock to hard rock, mingled with blues and soul, and their performance is full of movement, from raging foot-stomping beats to epic drama. They sweep audiences along with them on a musical journey. Fronted by the incredibly powerful 
and unique vocal talents of singer-songwriter Hazel Jade, our warrior queen. Hazel Jade formed the band in late 2012 and has been linked in ability. Likened, I can't read. I was like, LinkedIn? (laughs) (laughs) Likened in ability to many great female singers by a number of industry professionals, such as Pat Benatar and Ann Wilson from Heart. I'm definitely going to check this out. You will not mistake her vocal for any other artist. So again, that's Souls Burning by Elevation Falls. We're going to have a link to that Facebook page in our show notes. Be sure to check them out, and we thank them for being on our show. Now, guys, the three of us at Digital Soup want to thank you for listening. Um, like, like we said, starting next time, we're going to be releasing our show on Fridays. And be sure to drop us a line. Head over to digitalsouppodcast.com, and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a review if you'd be so kind, tell a friend about us, and generally just be awesome. So from all of us at the Digital Soup Podcast, to all of you, stay safe, have an awesome week. We will catch you next time. Take care, guys. Later, meat lust. <laughs> <laughs> Chance to be someone